The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you that you do have solutions, that you do have uh, your word as it as it teaches us and guides us in our life in overwhelming situations. Help us to apply the message to you, to, uh, that you give us today. Be with Pastor Bruce as he brings this message to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Zach, for leading us in our scripture reading. And uh, before we start here, I just also want to say really just a big thank you to Jeff and Jeremy and uh, the other two lady counselors are, are Hannah Wainer and... Uh, uh, Jody Young, and, uh, and so why don't we just give them a hand? I, I, I think they deserve it. Just very, very appreciative of these four adults. They, they t- took a week of vacation to uh, take our kids there and uh, minister to them, and so just I know the parents, you appreciate it, and our whole church does, and we just want to acknowledge you for your ministry and time and resources that you gave investing in our children for eternity. This morning, what we want to do is, as Zach said, is continue in our summer sermon series uh, through the 23rd Psalm. And what we're doing in this series is kind of going verse by verse and looking at seven of the greatest causes of an overwhelming life and God's solution to each of those causes uh, to our overwhelming life. And we've already looked for the last three Sundays, we've looked at God's solution to worry We've looked at God's solution to busyness. We, and last Sunday, we looked at God's solution to damaged emotions. And today, we want to take some time, and we're going to look at God's solution to indecision, or our decision-making. And uh, I'm, I'm especially excited about this message, I, and really for all of us here this morning, but to those of the younger generation, to those of you guys that are in middle school, high school, perhaps you're in college, you're thinking about college and what to do with the rest of your life, you're in your 20s, or you're a young parent with young kids, uh, and that's not to say that this message doesn't apply to all of us, but to especially the younger generation, we, we face all kinds of decisions, and the decisions we make early on in life, as we're going to see, let me tell you, they really do impact the rest of our life, and so I hope, and my prayer is that Uh, especially the younger ones, but all of us, we will open up our hearts and our minds to what God has for us this morning. Because I really do believe what we're going to see here in Psalm 23 speaks in such a practical, relevant way that if we'll take it to heart, can help us in our decision-making as we go through life. Uh, As you know, life is a series of choices, and there's really no way around them. To avoid a choice is really to make a choice. And on this journey of life, we travel down one road, we travel down another road, we travel down many roads, and the only question is, which road will it be? And the thought of this can sometimes just drive people crazy. It can bring anxiety even into our hearts, because none of us wants to make a wrong decision in life. 
Have you ever wondered to yourself, do the decisions we make really matter? The decision I make today, does it really matter? And I would suggest to you the answer is a big, loud, clear yes. And here's why. If you want to take notes, you're welcome to pull out that insert in your bulletin. Otherwise, you can just kind of follow along on the screen behind me. And here's the reason our decisions uh, really matter. Because we make our decisions, and then our decisions turn around and make us. Sometimes the smallest decisions made in haste and without much thought turn out to have the greatest impact on our lives, and we don't even realize it. My decision uh, to move back here to Kansas City, back home, back into my parents' house, uh, when I was just 22 years of age, had a huge impact on my life. I was living in Springfield, Missouri at the time. I was enrolled in the seven-year college plan. That's a joke, by the way. My roommate and my best friend just moved to Houston, leaving me with all the rent, and so it didn't take very long for me to come to the conclusion, man, I think moving back in with my parents might not be a bad idea. And so that's the decision I made. Little did I realize that one decision, that one decision, would impact my life for the rest of my life. I finished college here in Kansas City. I began ministering. Uh, in our youth group, just, just a lay leader, uh, green is all get out. Uh, I began dating my future wife, and really the rest is history. God has placed me here for the rest of my life. And now I stand here at 49 years of age as your pastor for the last 14 years. And I can trace it all back in a large way to that one decision back in Springfield, Missouri, which at that time I thought really was no big deal. And when I look back now, I realize that who I am today, in a large way, is the result of all the decisions I've made up until now. What a sobering thought. I'm the result of hundreds and thousands of decisions, many of which seem trivial at the time, but taken together, they have made me exactly who I am today. And the same is true for every one of us here this morning. We make our decisions, and then our decisions turn around and make us. Now, I don't know about you, but the reality of all this means making decisions can be very overwhelming at times. Have you ever been afraid of making the wrong decision? Perhaps some of you are facing a big decision in your life. Maybe it's a smaller decision. But whatever decision is, it's overwhelming you right now. Perhaps it's about your education. Perhaps it's about what college you're going to do, what career path you're going to take. Perhaps it's about what relationship you're in. Should you stay in it? Should you get out? Perhaps it's just the decision of parenting and raising kids. And, and maybe it's about your own job. Should I resign my job, find a different job? Should I pursue this, not pursue that? And we're faced with all of these decisions. And whatever your decision may be, the stress of the indecision, it begins to just weigh you down. So is there a solution to all this? Is there a solution to the kind of stress that comes from decision-making? And the answer is yes. Notice this, God's solution right here. Put it on the table right up from the beginning. God's solution is let the Lord guide you as your shepherd. Let the Lord guide you as your shepherd. We see this in Psalm 23 when David writes at the end of verse 3, 
The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then in verse 3 he says, He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The Lord's shepherd not only feeds us, he leads us. He not only provides for us, he also guides us. He not only protects us, but he also directs us. God has said, I will guide you through this life if you will just follow me as my or as your shepherd. And here's the cool part. God doesn't just guide you some of the time. God will guide you all of the time. Isaiah 58, 11 says the Lord will guide you continually. Psalm 48, 14 says, for this is our God, our God forever and ever, and he will be our guide even to death. And so the Lord guides us all the time when we choose to follow him as our shepherd. So let's look at this. Let's break this down for a few minutes here. Notice point number one. In letting the Lord guide you, first of all, number one, look to the Lord as your guide. Look to the Lord as your guide. How many of you ever paid for the services of a guide? Perhaps the most common, some of you have, perhaps the most common guide service is a fishing guide. How many of you use a fishing guide before? Some of you have? All right, great. In fact, you're seeing on the screen here, uh, if you don't know what you're doing or where you're going, then a guide can make a big, big difference. And, and you're seeing a picture up on the screen. That's Tyler back when he was about seven years old, believe it or not. In fact, that fish is almost as tall as he is. And uh, this happened when we were, uh, a while back, our, our church took a group of, of fathers and sons, and we went down to Beaver Lake, Arkansas, and we went on this father and son fishing trip. And we paid money for the use of a guide service. You remember that, Tyler? Yeah. All right. Some of you were, were part of that. And let me tell you, that made all the difference in the world. We got up at 5 o'clock in the morning, and the, we had three different boats, and we all lowered, got our stuff, and we went onto the boats. And the best thing about using a guide service, they provide the fish. I mean, not the fish, but they provide the, that'd be awesome, too. They provide the rods, the reels, the tackle. They bait the tackle, I mean, the hook for you. And they take you out you know, on Beaver Lake, and they know where the fish are. They cast it even for you if you want. And you just, like, hold on for dear life and reel them in. It's the greatest thing in the whole world. And let me tell you, Tyler and I, in fact, Roberto and Daniel. Daniel, you remember that? You were actually in the same boat as us. Do you remember that, Roberto? You don't remember, Daniel? You were pretty small back then, Daniel. And, uh, but Daniel and Roberto were in the same guide that Tyler and I had, and we caught all kinds of fish that day. And it was awesome. All due to a guide service. A guide is beneficial, especially when you don't know what you're doing or where you're going. And here's the deal. David, as a farmer, as a soldier and a king, he must have wondered many, many times what to do next on many occasions. And yet, he declares, I shall not lack for guidance. Why? Because David looked to the Lord as his guide. David testifies about the Lord. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. In the Hebrew, that simply means that the Lord leads us in the right paths. In other words, the Lord's shepherd leads us in paths which he knows are the right ones for our lives. When God guides us, it's not simply just to the right places in life, but also to the right kind of life in which he wants us to live. When it comes to making decisions, we often want to know whether we should take the job in St. Louis or if we should move to Denver, Colorado. 
We want to know, should I go to college uh, at Maple Woods or should I go to college at, you know, Arkansas State or somewhere? Those are the things we want answers to. But God's guiding is not just to a location or even a vocation. Rather, God is more concerned about guiding us to the right life with the right character. Or think of it this way. God's guidance has more to do with what we are, not where we are. If we are what God wants us to be, then he will have no trouble guiding us where he wants us to be. Do you ever wonder why we sometimes make foolish decisions? Or am I the only one? Let me tell you, I've made all kinds of foolish decisions in my life. And I'm sure you have too. So why is that? Why are we so prone to make foolish, can we say, dumb decisions? Well, instead of looking to the Lord as our guide, here's the reason why. We look to ourselves, and we follow our own way in life. In other words, we look to ourselves as the guide in our own lives. And more often than not, our own way leads us astray to detours and dead ends. Our behavior patterns and life habits are so much like sheep that the Bible says this in Isaiah 53, 6. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. Turning to my own way. What does that mean? Oh, that just simply means doing what I want. It implies that I feel free to assert my own wishes and carry out my own desires with my life. And this we do deliberately, we do this repeatedly, even to our own disadvantage, and in spite of every warning that God gives us in his word. Notice what Proverbs 14, 12 says. There is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. We insist so often that we know what is best for us, even though the disastrous results may be self-evident. Philip Keller, who I've quoted throughout this series, uh, he uh, writes in his book, A Shepherd Looks at the Psalm 23, and he was a shepherd for eight years, and so he writes from his shepherding experience. And, and again, I quote, look, listen to what he says. Just as sheep will blindly, habitually, and stupidly follow one another along the same little trails until they become ruts that erode into gigantic gullies, so we humans cling to the same habits that we have seen ruin other lives. That's us. That's me. There were many, many paths in Palestine that seemed right and because sheep have poor eyesight, they all looked alike, like they were real paths, but they led nowhere or into danger. And so the sheep were wise to follow their only, their shepherd, who always led them along the right paths. Likewise, there are many paths in our lives, many paths in this world that seem right. They all look alike. And people are traveling on them even. We have friends, even family perhaps, traveling on those paths. But in the end, they lead nowhere or into danger. Um, a few years back, we took, uh, many of you, we've, we've taken many MAC campaigns to uh, 
South Dakota to the Indian Reservation, Rosebud Indian Reservation. We've taken both adults and teenagers, and in the last time we went, uh, uh, many times, oh, we, at the end of it, we go up to uh, the Black Hills in the Badlands and go see Mount Rushmore, and there's something else we always do up there. Not always, but in this particular case we did. We, there's a maze up there. And uh, how many have been to the maze up there some? Oh, all right, some of you have. You remember it. And uh, the maze is it's like a human maze that, that you, you actually walk through and run through, and, and you try to get to the end. And man, let me tell you, it can take a person over an hour to find the end. Sometimes you never find the end. I was one of those people that never found the end. And you have to cry out for help because it's a maze, and you don't know where you're going. You turn this way, it looks like the right way, and it ends up into a dead end. You turn this way and go that way. It looks like you're going the right way, and it turns into a dead end or a detour of some kind. And that is life so many times. Until you rise above the maze, and you get a perspective as you can look down and see, oh, that's where you go. Or you find somebody that knows the maze, they made it to the end, and they come back and show you the way. They're your guide, in other words, through the maze. That is life. So what do we do? What should we do? Well, notice this in your notes. Admit you need the Lord as your guide. Admit that you need the Lord as your guide. We've all made decisions that at the time seemed to be right, but later on turned out to be wrong. And that's why it's so easy to get off track and wander off to dead ends in life. But notice what happens when we look to the Lord as our guide here in Psalm 25, verse 9. It says, He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them His way. And then the Lord tells us in Psalm 32, verse 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. And be assured, God's way is always the best way for our lives. It's the way that leads to life and life more abundantly. Let me ask you a rhetorical question. A question for you to simply think about the answer in your mind. Which is smarter? To go through life with the Lord as your guide or with yourself as your guide? Well, hopefully the answer is obvious. And yet, how many of us continue to go our own way and do our own thing with ourselves as the guide of our lives? Listen, don't be the poster child for Proverbs 14.12. And some of you are like, what's Proverbs 14.12? Listen to Proverbs 14.12. There is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Listen, can I encourage you, especially you middle schoolers and high schoolers and young singles and marrieds here, don't be that person. Don't put your picture by Proverbs 14, 12. Don't let that be you. Trying to guide your own life and do your own thing and make your own decisions which, according to your own understanding, which we'll get to here in a minute. We don't have to be overwhelmed by decisions. Instead, we can look to the Lord as our guide in life. Number two, but looking to the Lord as your guide is only the first step. We must also listen to the Lord for guidance. Sometimes we think that God has lost our address because it seems we can't see Him in the circumstances of our lives. But notice what Jesus says here in John 10. Specifically in verses 14 and 27, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, 
and am known by my own. And then in verse 27, he says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So don't be dismayed because Jesus knows his sheep by name. He knows who we are. He knows where we are. And He will see to it that when we hear His voice and follow Him, He will guide us where we ought to be in life. I find it interesting here that David says, here in Psalm 23, He leads me, in other words, God, He leads me or guides me in the right paths. The implication here is that God's guidance grows out of a relationship with the Lord. In other words, God's guidance comes to those who listen to His voice because they know the Lord, and the Lord knows them. It's no different when uh, my boys were, were smaller, um, which was really a long time ago, because now Tyler's 18, Jack is 14, and when they were younger, and we would go in our neighborhood and take bike rides, you know, when they're small enough to where you don't let them take bike rides on their own, and so you give them instructions before you go. Hey, listen, if you can't, because well, I don't know about your kids, my kids always wanted to ride out in front of us. You know, they thought they were better or whatever. Oh, man, we're beating Dad. We're out in front. So they want to ride out ahead of you. And so the instructions were, listen, if you can't hear me, then you're too far away. You need to be within my voice. All right? And if you can't hear me, then you're too far away, you need to stop and wait for us. And that was kind of the, the rule, the guideline. So what does it mean to listen to the Lord? Well, there's two points here. Listening means hear the Lord, don't harden your heart towards the Lord. The fact is, you can't receive guidance from a voice you can't hear. God designed you to hear His voice, mainly through His Spirit, and if you're a believer here in Jesus Christ, a follower of Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. And we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to guide us, wants to lead us. In fact, Paul tells us to walk with the Spirit, be led by the Spirit. And so one of the main ways in which God guides us, in which we listen to Him, is through the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. The other way is through God's Word where God has revealed exactly where He wants us to go, what He wants us to do, how He wants us to live. In other words, to be and to do. And so it's by the Spirit and by the Word in which we listen and hear God's Word. And you say, well, I don't hear God's Word. God never speaks to me. And if you're sitting there and you're kind of saying that to yourself, I, I mean, God never speaks to me, I don't hear Him. That's because there's one of two problems. That's probably true of your life. You're either one, not one of his sheep, so you don't recognize his voice. Or, number two, you're tuning him out because your heart is hard. Do you realize that we are commanded four times in the Bible to hear God's voice and do not harden your hearts? Do you think that means we have a problem with being hard-hearted or hard-headed? More than likely. Notice what it says here in Psalm 95, 7 and 8. 
It says, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness. Why are we exhorted not to harden our hearts to the Lord? Just like sheep, we are stubborn creatures who are prone to resist anyone or anything that prevents us from getting our own way. God's Word is the number one way in which God speaks to us today. Do you realize that 99% of the direction you need for your life is found right here? 99%. If we would just listen, read it, look at it, open up our Bibles, and listen to what God says, 90 we would find the majority, overwhelming majority of, of God's direction is through this, His Word. And yet, how many times do we make decisions based on what I want, what I think, and how I feel instead of what God says in His Word? And when we do go to His Word, so many times there's this disconnect between what God says in His Word and the reality of how we live and make decisions in life. It's like when I tell my boys, listen, pick up after yourselves. I don't want to see shoes and socks left in the living room. I don't want to see cups and glasses left on the, on the uh, end table. Pick up after yourself. You know how many times? I wish I had a dollar for every time I've said that. And then I still find, I walk in the next morning, and I still find shoes and socks and glasses left in the living room. You know what that's telling me? There is a disconnect between what they're hearing and what they're doing. And that's why when Jesus wanted his followers to listen to what he had to say, he would almost always say something like this. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Hearing his voice, in other words, hearing the voice of the Lord, hearing Jesus' voice was a mandate for action. And that's why listening, the second point here means follow the Lord, don't stray away from the Lord. Follow the Lord, don't stray away from him. Following the Lord basically means I go where he guides me and I do what he asks me to do in all areas of my life. But the reality is we don't always want to follow. We're just like sheep. We don't always want to be led in the paths of righteousness. Somehow it goes against our nature. And we actually prefer to turn to our own way, even though it may take us straight into trouble. But for those who are willing to hear the Lord and then follow the Lord, notice His promise to you here in Proverbs 12, verse 28. He says, In the way of righteousness is life. And in its pathway, there is no death. Here's the bottom line. Listen to me. We can't say with any kind of integrity that we are listening to the Lord if we're not following the Lord. And if you're not following the Lord, then you are straying and following your own way of life which leads to death instead of life eventually. But God wants to lead us into life, the right paths and the right decisions, but we must be willing to listen for his guidance and then follow it. In other words, obey it. 
Have you ever wondered why, though? Why? It's, it's like, man, why, why in the world would the Lord want to guide us when we are so often like sheep? Parents, have you ever wondered, why am I still trying to parent my kids when they don't ever seem to listen to me? And you just want to raise, throw your hands up. It ain't worth it. You ever wonder why? Because after all, we, like sheep, we are so stubborn so many times, we don't always want to listen and follow. But David tells us why the Lord is motivated to guide us. Listen to what he says. Look at what he writes here in Psalm 23. It says, he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. In David's day, a shepherd's reputation depended on his ability to lead the sheep in the right direction. If a shepherd were to take a flock of sheep into the wilderness and lose part of the flock, man, that shepherd would be disgraced. And so it was incumbent upon him to everything he could to lead the sheep in the right path to get them to the right destination that that shepherd wanted them to go. And in the same way, God's name or reputation is at stake in the way that He leads us as his, our shepherd. And for this reason, God will always guide you in the right paths, in the right decisions. You can count on it. Why? For His name's sake. God will not do anything to counter and diminish His glory. And that is the idea of His name's sake. God is doing this to bring Him glory. And when we follow Him like we should, we are bringing glory to our God, which is our shepherd. You ever faced a really difficult decision in life? I mean a decision that you know will impact your life and perhaps even the people closest to you. And as you face this decision, you look to the Lord as your guide. You are listening to His voice. You're crying out to the Spirit within you. And you're reading His Word. But you're still struggling with the stress of indecision. And that's when you, number three, need to lean on the Lord in your decisions. You say, what does this mean? Well, Proverbs tells us exactly what it means to lean on the Lord in your decisions. Look what it says here in Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Great two verses here where it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. These two verses here are a short course in how to make wise decisions as you follow the Lord in your life. And there's what the writer here is giving us is two parts in making wise decisions. There's my part, and then there's God's part. So you've got two parts in decision making. You've got your part, and there's God's part. Let's look at your part, or my part. That is to trust in the Lord and not in your own understanding. Now in our thinking, the word trust means to rely upon or to have confidence in. And that's partly true. But the Hebrew word here is much stronger than that. The word translated trust means to lean with the full body or to lay upon. It has the idea of stretching yourself out upon a bed and resting on a hard surface. 
In other words, the word trust, it means to put your full weight on something. And I guarantee you, every one of you did this last night. Every one of you implemented and you trusted last night when you went to bed. When you go to bed, you trust in your bed to support you. It's going to hold you up. It's not going to crumble beneath you. And when it comes to decision making, to trust in the Lord means to rest your whole weight upon Him. It means to depend on Him completely. It is to acknowledge Him in every area of your life. In other words, it is wholehearted trust in the Lord. That's the positive of what we're supposed to do when it comes to decisions. But there's a negative aspect to this. The writer says, and lean not on your own understanding. This word lean simply means to rest upon something for partial support. It'd be like this. I'm leaning. I'm not fully dependent on this, but it's partially dependent upon it. As most of you know, my dad walks with a walker. He walks with a walker, and it's partial support because he doesn't have the strength or the stability. He needs something else to sturdy him, to keep him upright. By the way, that's all of us as we get older. Dad, you're, you're not the only one. We'll be there with you. Alright, so you get the idea here. The idea of leaning on something when you're not strong enough to stand on your own. And it describes us as sheep, and that's why we need the Lord as our guide. Now when it comes to decision making, what are we not to lean on? Our own understanding. Now, what does that mean, though, understanding? Well, understanding, get this, it actually refers to the mental processes by which you analyze a problem, you break it down into smaller parts, and then you make a decision about what you're going to do about it. Understanding is oftentimes what you do before you go to bed, or in the morning when you make a mental list of all the things you have to do that day. You use your understanding to sort out your priorities and map out your day. That's understanding. And you use it any time that you plan your life or solve a problem or make a decision. In other words, understanding here is the decision-making ability that God has given you. And you know what? We should use it. We should utilize that God-given ability. Especially as we mature and gain God's wisdom. Here's the problem. Our understanding, though, is very limited. Like sheep, we have poor eyesight when it comes to seeing life from God's perspective. And that's why God is saying here to us, go ahead, use all your mental capacity, your understanding in other words, but don't lean on it for total support. Don't trust in your own understanding to figure out all of your life. Instead, Lean on the Lord and obey His Word to us. 
Now, here's a diagnostic question for wholehearted trust in the Lord. Are you ready for the question? To help you evaluate where you're at. Do you let the Bible, that is God's word, do you let this, God's word to us, do you let the Bible overrule your own thinking in life? Do you let his word overrule your understanding of the issues of the day? What you're facing in life? Or do you merely agree with God's word when it's convenient and when it lines up to your thinking and understanding on a problem or even a cultural issue? What do you do? What do you do when your thinking, when your understanding contradicts God's word? Because here's the deal. If your understanding of a situation in life, what you're facing in life, if your understanding of even a cultural issue in our world, and we're faced with a lot of them right now, and our culture is screaming at us, here's how to think and act on this issue. And if your understanding is contradictory to what it says in here, who, who wins out? What wins out? Does your understanding, which is so limited, or does God's word, who is the creator, who is sovereign over all of us, who wants to be our shepherd and guide us in the right path and get us to the right destination, who has our best interest at heart because we are his sheep and he is our shepherd. In other words, who are you going to trust? Who are you going to commit your life to? Will you submit your understanding to God and His Word? You see, until you make that decision, until you settle that decision, all the other decisions really just are on the back burner. That's my part in making wise decisions, to trust. And I don't mean just kind of trust this way. Oh, no, it's, it's all out laying on it. We're completely dependent upon it. Trust in the Lord and not in my own understanding. So what is God's part then? Oh, God has a marvelous part. And quickly, look at it here. God's part is, He will make my path straight. We see God's part in verse 6 when it says, And he will make your path straight. The New King James Version translated, And he shall direct your paths. Now that's not a bad translation, but I actually like the NIV and the NAS translations a little better, which says this, He will make your path straight. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, imagine that you're driving along the road that appears to be impassable. 
a road that winds through the mountains and down into the swamps. It seems to have a thousand switchbacks. And as you travel on, you discover that portions of the road are washed out. Others are filled with potholes and still others are blocked by huge boulders. And in some places, the road apparently becomes a dead end. You know what I say? Welcome to the road of your life. As you look at it, it appears to be covered with boulders and rocks. Some parts of it seem to be filled with potholes. Other sections appear to be going nowhere. That's the way of life a lot of times. But here's God's promise to us. If you will trust in the Lord in every area of your life, He will take responsibility to make your life straight or to make your way in life straight he will remove the obstacles if they need to be removed he will fill in the potholes if they need to be filled in he will redirect the detours back to the right path if need be your part is all you have to do is trust trust in the lord as your guide lay yourself completely on him for full support in your decisions don't lean on your own human limited understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will take the path of your life that seems to go up and down and around and around and sometimes seems to curve backwards and he says he will make it straight now that doesn't mean life will always be easy. That's not what it's saying here. Nor does it mean that life will be without consequences for the dumb decisions we make. But when God is leading the way, every path will eventually be made straight for his glory and our good. The path the Lord guides you on may have many twists and turns, but in the end, it will make your path straight. That's why one of my favorite verses is here in Psalm 37, verses 23 and 24, where it says, The steps of a good man are established by the Lord, and he delights in his way, though he fall. And oh my, do we not fall oftentimes as sheep. As we follow the Lord in this journey of life, man, we fall, we stumble. But though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. That's hope for me. Is that hope for you? For the Lord upholds him with his hand. Now let me just stop and kind of summarize here everything we've been talking about. If you want to make wise decisions in life, then you must first look to the Lord as your guide. Then listen to the Lord for guidance and then lean on the Lord in your decisions. But the secret to all of this, the secret to making wise decisions, it really all comes down to this simple principle here. Notice it in your notes coming up on the screen. There's only one way that you can look to the Lord, listen to the Lord, and lean on the Lord in your decision making, and that is to stay close to the Lord as your shepherd and guide. The application is clear. Don't wander off. Don't stray away from the Lord. 
Stay as close as you can to the Lord in your relationship with Him. The principle is simple. If we will just focus on knowing the Lord and following the Lord in every area of our lives, then He will guide us in the right paths and in the right decisions. And the question is, it all comes down to this. Do you have a relationship with the Lord as your shepherd? And are you following Him? Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? He's your shepherd, and he knows you as one of his sheep. Have you come to that point in life where you have come to the point where I can't do this life on my own? I can't save myself. I can't get to heaven on my own. I can't make it. I need a savior. I need a shepherd. I need the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and that is none other than Jesus Christ as the good shepherd. And you come to the point where you confess that, you confess your sin, and you put your trust once and for all in Jesus Christ as your Savior. And in that decision, you are also making the decision, from that point forward, I am following the Lord. And to follow means, remember, not only to listen, but to obey. You say, what do I follow? It all comes back to the book. Listen to me. Folks, listen. Teens, listen to me. There is such a thing as absolute truth. There is such a thing as the way. One way. And that is Jesus Christ. And the truth is found in the word of God. Do we have a relationship with Jesus and are we willing to follow what God outlines in the word of God and commit our lives to it? Let's pray. With your heads bowed, so much of our stress is unnecessary though when the Lord simply wants to be your guide. And the ultimate question often comes down to whose path are you going to follow in life? Your path or God's path? Maybe some of you are thinking you're just way too far off the right path for God to get you back on the right one. Or you've wasted too much of your life and it's just too late for you to make any changes. And I simply want to say to you, you're dead wrong. Because no matter how far off the path you've gotten, God can bring you back on if you will just let him guide you as your shepherd. If you will turn to him now, invite him to be your savior, your shepherd, and your guide. The praise team's going to sing, and as they do, will you cry out to the Lord? Talk to him. He knows your heart. In prayer, just communicate with him. Cast your cares onto him. Cast those decisions you're facing onto him and ask him for guidance, but also express your dependence upon him as the praise team sings.